Hey everyone, what's up? Thanks for tuning in. This is the fourth episode of our podcast, and this one is about the Super Bowl. You guys excited for this weekend? Absolutely, man. Let's go. Yep, let's go. So I'm joined by three guests today, my friend Vinda, Ebo, and a new guy that you guys haven't heard before, Abhijai. What's up, Abhijai? How do you feel about being on the podcast, man? Hey, excited to be here, and um, it's my first podcast ever, so uh, yeah, I'm ready to give out some info and hopefully make you guys some money. What a, what a first great podcast to be part of, the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly, man. Absolutely. Come in with a splash, the splash. So the first thing we kind of want to touch on, and this is Abhijai's specialty, is uh, how would you bet the Super Bowl? Right now, the Patriots are two and a half point favorites. The over-under is 56 points. It dropped earlier from a 56 and a half line on bet mm-hmm. 365. And the money line is Patriots minus 135, Rams plus 115. So what do you initially see when you try to bet on this game, Abhijai? So before we even get into the, the current odds, it's important to take a look at where did this line open up and where did it originate? So after the NFC and AC championship games on Sunday night, the line came out initially at Rams minus one. And this number came from the most, the most respected odds makers in the world, like Pinnacle and, and Bookmaker and Bet Chris. All, all these guys, they had the Rams favored by a point on a neutral field against the Patriots. And what happened since it's been almost two weeks now, since that time, just all the money is poured in on New England. And that's that money has driven up the line from from Rams minus one to Patriots minus two and a half. So we've had a flip of the favorites. And it's also important to note that a lot of the the early money has come in on the under. So those are two. Those are th- two things to make to make sure that you you know before you get involved with with making making a bet on this game. And the other thing to make to make make sure you know is that the majority of the money is about to come within the next forty eight hours of the Super Bowl. So be sure to know, like, be sure to have a good idea and a grasp of wh- if depending on what bet you're making. If if you think it's gonna go if you if you think it's gonna go one way or the other, make sure to know that okay. If if sorry, I'm I'm getting too, getting ahead of myself, but it's important to know that if if the line's gonna go one way, you want to be on the right side of that. Wait for the best time and get the best value. But yes, it, in the end, it's it's really. The volume, in my opinion, is on the Rams plus two and a half, but that's my personal opinion. Just based just based on the line movement. Okay, so even though all the money's coming on the Patriots, you think the Rams are a good value right now? Personally for me, yes. Like if you're if you're just base, basing your your opinion on who's the better team, I mean I, I think you have to go with the Rams. I mean, the odds makers aren't stupid. They they know what they're doing when they made the Rams a, a minus one point favorite. So it's it's hard to make it for me personally it's hard to make a case for the Patriots. But at the same time it's it's like when you give the if you give the Patriots and Bill Belichick and the Brady two weeks to prepare for a team, it's also hard to go against that. So I understand why the money has come on New England initially. 
But at the same time, if you're getting a field goal with the Rams, I mean, I think there's no better value play on the board than Rams plus three, if you can get that. Okay, so most sports books, it's Rams plus two and a half. But you're saying if you can find one that you can get a plus three, that'd be great value. Absolutely. So I, so here's the difference. So in certain sports books, they call them short sports books, like Pinnacle, uh, Bookmaker, maybe even Bet Online, but they're more of a an early player in the game. So those those sports books, you're not going to find a three. I'm gonna tell you right now, you're not going to find a three. You're gonna have to go to your Bavadas of the world, your sports interactions of the world. And those are the ones that really, are made for more recreational betters. Exactly, exactly. Those guys, they know already they're going to be flooded with Patriots money come to uh, come come Super Bowl Sunday. So they're going to get ahead of that. So that's if, and, if and you give like the Rams, it's harder uh, harder odds, right? They're going to give the Patriots more points. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, they have to because I mean the Patriots are the popular team. That makes sense. But, that but, makes sense. I mean, it's <laughs> you. It's they're they're the, they're going to be the public favorite, and the the wise guys, as you would call them, will probably try to take the the Rams plus the three just based on value. So Abij, just to interrupt here real quick, um, as someone who doesn't know a lot about uh, betting, is it pretty common that the last forty eight hours before the Super Bowl is when majority of the money flows in or is that something that's kind of is that common for all super bowls and all big events or is that just kind of uh an outlier? unique to the super bowl right for the super bowl it's not uncommon for that to happen because a lot of the a lot of the early money is is big money trying to get ahead of the number if if that makes sense they're trying to get they're trying to get the patriots at a short number so that if they want later, if they can get a three in the Rams, like it's an arbitrage play where you can win essentially Something where in both they can sides. win despite either team winning. Exactly, yeah. Down the falling in a range of points. That makes sense. So, okay. so there's there's those types of betters. There's people who who just who they like they like the Patriots and they know they have to get the two and a half minus two and a half or the minus ones that were out there before before it goes to three possibly. Although personally, I don't see. I I think this this line is going to be a split line between, depending on the sports book that you look at, it's going to be a split line. I don't see, I don't see a whole the whole market being at three, or two and a half. It's going to be split. That makes sense. So I mean, that's some important background information to know if you are betting on this game. So one fun exercise we can get into is uh, Abijai has picked a few props uh, for us mm-hmm. to select. So. Um, how about just for fun, Abijay, you throw some of these props at us. Uh, me, Ibrahim, and Arvinda will make a quick pick on how we think the prop will go. And then you tell us what you would pick. Okay, so first off, let's, let's, go, with the, let's go with the one that, that I, I like a lot. So it's the first half total versus the second half plus overtime, if possible, total. So which one will be higher? So right now, so the line is actually the second half plus OT is minus 155. That's that's available market-wide right now. Yeah, I would so, side with that one as well. Uh, yeah, same here. And same here. Second half, yeah. You want to make it a clean sweep? Yeah, yeah. I okay, it's a clean sweep one. for you. Cool. Where would you go with this one, Abijay? Absolutely, second half all the way. Because if you notice, and as you are a Patriots fan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, um, 
you you know you know that the Patriots they start off conservative in the first half. They they've in the past I think three four Super Bowls. I mean, they're the first quarter. It's been extreme. It's it's been very conservative. It's been very methodical initially. Typically, they open up in the second half. Yeah, they, half they open up the offense. All guns offense start blazing. In the second half, absolutely. So that's that's one reason why I like that that play a lot. And cool. Cool. Yeah. How so, about the uh, the second prop that you yeah, want to get? So the yeah. second prop is first half total. 27 and a half over, over under. under. Uh, I'll go under, Ibrahim. <laughs> yeah, I go under on that as well. Just kind of speaking to what we were talking about. Um, yeah, with the with Patriots, how the Patriots start slower. off. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I'm gonna go with the under as well. Cool. Yeah, uh, is that an agreement with you too, Abijay? Yeah, that's that's the agreement there. So, I mean, again, the same concept here. Remember, always take the Patriots initially to start off slow and then. Obviously, in the second half, Ramp that's the when they half. open it up yep. and really figure out the other team's defense. Cool. So, yeah, let, let me go to the the next one. Um, will there be a two point conversion attempted? I have a feeling this one's going to be a clean sweep too. I'm going with yes. Yeah, I agree. I'm going with yes. yes. <laughs> yeah, this one, I was kind of leaning maybe towards no because it is indoor. And it's perfect kicking conditions. I can see both teams just going for the one point. Uh, but towards the end of the game, if points are needed, that's where I'm leaning towards a yes as well. Mm-hmm. For sure. What about you, Abijah? You think it's going to yep. be a yes? I do agree. I I do think there will be a two point conversion at least once. And note note the wording attempted, not converted. So that's that's really important because yeah, of course that's a big uh, deal. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's a, a pretty note. big thing. I mean, of course, the odds will also reflect that. So if you if you took attempted right now, you could probably find that on some some books at plus 135. Oh, that's actually think, really good. That's ama- better than I thought, to be honest. I feel like it's almost a guarantee amazing, for a two amazing point odds. All they have to do is attempt one. I mean, and the other thing to note is, is that Greg Zerline actually had a minor injury. I don't, I don't know how serious it is, but that's one thing to note. Like when a kicker is a little gimpy, the offense might not be Wow. They might throw caution in the wind and actually go for the two. Like, he's my, like you uh, saw on the, yeah, like you saw the Seahawks playoff challenge. <laughs> yeah. So I might need to replace So that's him. one thing to note. Cool. Uh, okay, yeah. how about uh, uh, the fourth one? This is actually a really interesting one, Abhijay. Give it to us. Okay, I'll, I'll explain this one. It's okay. So the shortest touchdown over under one and a half yards. Hmm. So basically it's asking, like, will there be a short yardage touchdown? So from basically from the one yard line. Yeah. So I mean, for me, like, I I think this game will be a little high scoring. So I think there will be a chance for a one yard touchdown. So I would say the shortest touchdown will be under. What What do you think, Ibrahim? Yeah, I, I agree. I think um, throughout the season and even through the years, we've kind of seen the Patriots get down inside the five and then they kind of just punch it in from the one. It happens all the time. Yeah, so Tom I, Brady's I, I can see that quarterback sneak. Right, so I can see that happening again uh, in the game. So I'm going to go under. I think I'm going to go um, no on this one just because of the odds. So over one and a half yards. Yeah, yeah. And uh, your, your take, Abhijay? So there's a reason why under one and a half in this is minus 150. So 
the the concept behind this is that if there's a pass interference in the end zone, the ball is placed on the one yard line, and basically you you're pretty much a lock to cash in a touchdown. Oh, see, so. I didn't even think about that. That really changes. Yeah. That really. Yeah, I uh, that. Well, I took under uh, anyway, but uh, does that change your mind, Arvinda? No, I think I'm gonna still stick with the uh, odds of there being a pass interference in the end zone. Uh, I don't know. I think I can see the refs keeping the flags and not getting involved in big plays in this game, especially with what happened with the Saints. Yeah, I mean, but basically, what happened with the Saints? They do want to get involved, man. Just throw a flag. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, if it's clear and obvious, yes. But if it's like uh, tiki tacky, I don't see them throwing a flag, especially in the Super Bowl. Yeah, they let them the, play in the Super the, Bowl a little bit. Yeah. Uh, the next prop bet, this one seems really easy, uh, Abijay. Go ahead oh, and yeah. tell it, but I think it's going to so, be pretty sweet. So this prop is James White over under four and a half receptions. Yeah, over for me. Uh, I don't even think I need to justify it. I think it's just obvious, man. The guy's a pass-passing yeah. machine in the Super Bowl. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, I think he might get four catches in the first quarter, so that's, that's an easy he one. He might just get five in the first quarter. Is it, yeah. uh, is it an easy <laughs> over for you too, Abijay? Yeah, absolutely. Um, the way I see this game playing out is Brady is going to want to get the ball out immediately because they don't want to expose their O-line or Brady, as a matter of fact, to the the inside pass rush of the Rams, really. They they want to avoid that as much as possible. So Brady's going to be getting the ball out within a second or two of the snap. And, I mean, I mean who else to throw it to in the Super Bowl than James White. I mean, this guy's been absolutely clutch in the postseason. And, I mean, especially in the Super Bowl for some odd reason. But, I mean, I, I see no reason why you wouldn't want to take James White over four and a half. And, I mean, to be honest, that along with Tom Brady over uh, 26 completions, I mean, I think that's that's a lock. I mean, cool. I think that's – I mean, it's hard to – to try to anticipate a, a Belichick game plan, but I mean, I don't see any other way of them trying to trying to slow down that Rams pass rush. Yeah, I mean, as a Patriots fan, passing the ball short to James White has arguably been our best source of offense <laughs> uh, this entire yeah. season. So th- that's just me. Uh, how, how about the next one? This one's a really interesting one, Abijay. Do you want to explain it a little bit and give a little sure. context? Okay, so this prop is basically. Will there be okay? So it's worded as over under two and a half players to attempt a pass. So what that basically means is, will there be another player outside of the two quarterbacks to throw a pass in this game? Your thoughts, guys? I would say yes. The Patriots haven't ran a lot of trick plays yet this postseason, and I know they always have some plays where Edelman can throw the ball or they'll have somebody other to throw in the ball and it's always in their back pocket and they pull it out in big close games. And uh, the, this is another interesting fact about the Patriots and Super Bowls. They've never had a Super Bowl where the, the final score was decided by greater than eight points. So I think because it's a close game, you got to pull out all the stops and I think they'll have a trick play where someone throws the ball. What about you? Yeah. Eugene? Or Arvinda? Go ahead. Yeah, Either one I agree. Guys. <laughs> I agree with you too, Ronak. I can see definitely one one player, either from the Rams or the Patriots, especially Edelman. I can see them attempting a pass. Yeah, former college quarterback, Kent State, Julian Edelman. Ibrahim, what do you think, man? 
Yeah, I mean, like you said, that Patriots usually have one or two of those trick plays where they give it to a wide receiver or someone else to throw a pass. Uh, And last year's Super Bowl, both teams had uh, the quarterbacks catching a pass. So um, attempting to catch a pass. Attempting to catch a pass, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Uh, So that happened last year. And then the Rams, I think several times, even in the playoffs, they've had their punter attempt to pass um, on a fourth down. Exactly, the whole Johnny Hecker thing. I didn't even think about that, but that's super smart analysis. So I think um, there's a a pretty good chance that that it does happen at some point in the game, especially because, like you said, every single Super Bowl Tom Brady and Bill Belichick play in, uh, it comes down to one possession. So it might be needed. Exactly, yeah. Uh, IBJ, I'm, I'm assuming you're with us on this one, right? Absolutely. I mean, I mean, both these core, I mean, both these coaches are pretty innovative. Like, I mean, Belichick, I mean, obviously Julian Edelman comes to mind first when you think of another guy on the team who could throw a pass. I mean, and I mean, obviously on the Rams, Johnny Hector, (laughs) that guy can, can throw it really. So I, I, I definitely feel like if the game is, is close to tilting, like, like we saw in that, that Saints game, where they will, where they threw, they basically called a, a fake punt essentially and, and changed the whole game essentially. So, I mean, if the game is teetering, I'd expect to see either one of these coaches pull out the trick play and, you know, we'll catch that over two and a half easily. And that you can get that at minus 110. So, not bad. Not Almost even though. odds. That's good. Exactly. Yeah. So it's, pretty pretty good chance that that'll cash cool yeah, that, so that just that some, uh, sums it up. so that's some betting info to help you guys all out so the next thing i want to talk about is what are some important matchups you guys see on the field and how do you see it playing out what are just something that jumps out to you arvinda i want to hear a little bit about your analysis on that yeah i think uh the big one for me is going to be the patriots offensive line against the rams defensive line uh, this is what made me we'll get it later into the game picks but this is where the game pick is really going to come down to me is uh how well the patriots offensive line is going to handle like aaron donald um, yeah i want to give a one stat really quick uh the key to beating tom brady is pressuring him the patriots are own three super bowls in which brady has been pressured on greater than uh 38 of his pass attempts and the Rams have pressured the quarterback 38% of the time this season. Yeah. So I just wanted to give that. But yeah, go ahead, Arminda. Yeah, I mean, the, the Patriots offensive line played really well last game. I think it also helped that the game plan was get the ball out really quick. Um, but I think that, to me, is going to be a really interesting matchup. Not many people are going to pay attention to because it is the offensive-defensive line, but it's going to be pretty intriguing. True, man. Dan in the trenches is, you know, really going to decide this game. Uh, what about you, Ibrahim? What are you looking for? Um, so just first of all, I want to say that, uh, I think like Vinda said, the offensive line versus the defensive line is probably going to be the biggest and most important matchup, uh, of the game. But I want to talk a little bit about, uh, the Rams secondary versus the Patriots wide receivers. Um, you know, Sam Shields, Akeem Tlaib, Marcus Peters, uh, the way those guys are going to play versus Julian Edelman, um, to some extent, Rob Gronkowski, depending on how he's covered. Uh, James White, even uh, all those guys that the Patriots have coming out. Uh, if the Rams secondary, who are talented, do a really good job and, and they can play good man to man, then um, I could see it being a little bit more difficult for the Patriots and, and Tom Brady to score as many points as they might be accustomed to. 
uh, especially with Wade Phillips, who I think you've said before, he may not change his schemes too much, but when he has talent, he's able to get the most out of it. And I think he has a pretty good amount of talent on this team. Um, and so just kind of paying attention to that matchup and seeing what they're doing uh, to stop Brady from completing passes, especially down the field, will be pretty interesting. Yeah, no doubt. I think that's a, that's a great uh, point to bring up. I think also, you know, as far as you're talking about the quick passing game, uh, a lot of guys in the Rams secondary are very instinctive, like uh, Roby Coleman, Tlaib, Peters. Those are all guys that are really ball hawks. Like, they don't really excel in coverage when the quarterback has the ball for a long time. Um, this shows the Rams are a dead last in passer rating allowed and quarterback rating allowed. Um, or sorry, they're the fifth worst um, against deep passes this season. So that's kind of uh, that shows that those guys they want to play instinctive. They want to jump routes. They want to jump the quick stuff. But if you get them on deep passes, um, like deep passes is where the, where they're vulnerable. But that won't happen a lot when you have Aaron Donald and the Dompkins Sue. Dante Fowler all rushing after the passer. Right. And I think that actually kind of plays to the advantage of the Rams just on how the Patriots play. Um, you know, obviously the the offensive line has been fantastic. So um, I think there'll be some opportunities for Brady to have, you know, four or five seconds to go down the field. But for the most part, uh, the way they succeed is, is quick passes and, you know, letting guys like James White and Julian Edelman get yards after the catch. So, uh, it's going to be challenging for the Patriots wide receivers. Yeah, I agree. I mean, especially because there are a lot of no-name guys other than Edelman, and uh, Gronkowski hasn't looked at himself this season. I also think a really important thing that com- comes into uh, these kind of quick passes is misdirection, because the Rams are dead last against play-action passes in uh, passer rating allowed and quarterback rating allowed. So uh, if the Patriots can get some kind of play-action game going, you know, maybe some like fake jet sweeps with Cordero Patterson, move him around because he's like a speed demon. Uh, they could get the Rams going one way and they can, you know, hit them the other way and get some yards using that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and you know how McDaniels likes to call this play-action plays, especially when he pulls the guards to give more of a, uh, to give the defense more of a fake that is going to be a run play. Yeah, and then, you know, one guy just ends up on the other side of the field and has a bunch of space to work with. So uh, it'll be interesting, but, um, you know, it's it's too... From the coaching aspect of it, it's two great coaches going at each other. And then on the field, um, there's a lot of talent. There's a lot of talent on the field. There's a lot of really skilled players on both sides of the ball. So it should be very interesting to watch. Yeah, I'm excited to see how it shakes out, especially because Wade Phillips used to coordinate those Broncos defenses that always gave the Patriots a lot of trouble. Right, exactly. It's uh, it's reminding me of the AFC Championship game from a couple of years ago where where uh, oh, yeah, at Denver, it, where Peyton Manning yeah, at Denver, where where Brady just got beat up and um, it, it was just hard to get any yards that game. So exactly. it'll be really interesting. The pass rush is a big thing as well, like Arvindo was saying. Yeah, uh, Abijay, what do you think, man? What's a big matchup for you in this game? So for me, I think what it comes down to is how how well prepared is Wade Phillips going to be against Tom Brady's offense. I mean that I mean that and Tom Brady and Josh McDaniels. Like that's that's what it's come to, gonna come down to for me. If they're able to to get pressure up the middle and make tackles short of the, th- the first down on third down, I mean I think they have it wrapped up. Like they they have they have they have so much of a talent edge on the defense. It's just a matter of will they be able to to get to the spot before the pads get to it. Do you know what I mean? Like 
can can they can their talent basically outweigh the Patriots game planning on offense? Yeah, so and I that think that's what's gonna come comes back to one thing I would like to say about Wade Phillips is that I felt like Wade Phillips at time this year, at times this year, didn't really uh that first Saints game comes to mind in the regular season where they got uh where Michael Thomas had a long touchdown. Uh at times he's not willing to change his scheme for what his personnel does best. Like when uh Aqib Talib was out, they stayed in this uh man-to-man system. And mm-hmm. that kind of hurt them because Marcus Peters is was a number one corner now. And he's more of a zone guy. And that was kind of killing them down the stretch. But uh, when Tlaib came back, he's, his, he's stuck with the man scheme. And, and it's been working pretty well so far this playoffs. Absolutely. Aqib Tlaib is a key player in this game. Because that Rams defense looked completely lost in the secondary without him, to be honest. I agree 100%. Um, I've been and, saying and, that the whole I mean, year. He's Exactly. Huge. And, and Tlaib has, has a lot of experience. He has, he's got Super Bowl experience and... You know, I, I, he's a key player in this game. And also, it's also going to be, I mean, it's, it's, hard, it's hard to say because, you know, you never know what the Patriots are going to throw at you sometimes. But, I mean, if the, if the Rams D-line shows up and Aaron Donald has, has two, three sacks, I think they win. I mean, if, if he's able to get pressure on them uh, in, the, in the interior of the D-line against the O-line, I mean, I think that's just going to seal the game for them. And he was probably going to win Super Bowl MVP. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think the Patriots, they've historically done very well against one star rusher. Uh, they, mm-hmm. they're, they're good at, you know, taking away what your defense does best. So I'm actually more scared. Like Aaron Donald, obviously, really scary guy. But I'm confident that the Patriots will be able to make a game plan that takes away Aaron Donald. But the problem is when you try to take away Aaron Donald, is Nadam King Su going to kill you? Is Dante Fowler going to kill you? Are they going to exactly. sub in someone else to, to you know, get a lot of pressure yeah. on you? And that's the issue, is that I don't want the other guys to step up from the Rams. I mean, speaking as a Patriots fan, of course, uh, I'm really scared if the other guys on the Rams start stepping up, and then you force Brady into incomplete passes, you force him under pressure with those ball hawks in the secondary, it's tough. But if you can get them in a situation where, this is another huge thing, if, if we can run the ball, if the Patriots can run the ball, then it sets up a situation where your misdirection can work a lot better with the play-action game, mm-hmm. where um, you know the linebackers might cheat up and you have open zones behind them. So I would strongly encourage, um, the, you know, I really want the Patriots to try to establish the run because you, you need to see if this Rams rush defense is really back. Because uh, in the regular season, they're tied for the third worst in the NFL, allowing 4.9 yards per carry. But uh, this playoffs they've only allowed 2.3 yards per carry. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, that's just a really big difference. And I, and I really want the Patriots to come out and see, all right, are you guys for real? Or are you guys just, you know, have you guys just done good in the first few games? Or are you going to do good against us as well? It's and an it's, important important to to note, it's important to note the two teams they played, the Saints and the Cowboys. Cowboys, obviously, a very run-oriented offense. And they completely shut that, that they, they completely shut Ezekiel Elliott out yep. of that game. And they they did the same for the most part with uh, Alvin Kamara. Although they did get, it's important to note they did get killed on those running back uh, swing passes out the backfield. So that's that's important to watch. Another that's a weakness of the Rams. Their linebacking core is pretty. I wouldn't say horrible, but it's it's below average. I'm yeah, put it that way. their linebacking core are like fast guys who can run in one direction. 
But as far as diagnosing plays, as it, far as covering receivers out of the backfield, moving laterally, no exactly chance. lateral movement. That's that's their issue, and I think the Patriots will definitely use that game plan the Saints have with Alvin Kamara to get him out in open space. That's a but great yeah, point. Yeah. Yeah, but basically, it boils down for me. It boils down to can Wade Phillips get stops on the Patriots? Yeah, I, and he has a talent to do it. The question is, can he devise a game plan that's good enough to stop them? We'll see. Yeah, definitely. That's a huge matchup to watch. For me, I think uh, it's interesting that no one really brought this up yet, but I'm sure you guys have a lot to say about this. Uh, it's really the Rams' offense against the Patriots' defense, right? Because you saw last year in the in the Eagles' Super Bowl when the Patriots' defense couldn't get a single stop. The issue is you're putting so much pressure on the offense to make a play every time. And as you guys pointed out, the Rams' defense is super talented. So you're asking your offense to score every time against a super talented defense. That's not going to work out for you. So I think it's really interesting how the Patriots are going to match up with the Rams' offense. Um, I think uh, a really interesting note about this is if, um, if you look at the game plan that uh, Matt Patricia, the ex-Patriots defensive coordinator, he came up with a really good game plan against the Rams when they played the Lions. Uh, I forget which week it was, but he was kind of just like, all right, I know what the Rams are going to do. They line up with three receivers all the time. They, the three receivers, one running back, one tight end. They're going to try to run outside zones. They're going to try to go play action off of it. And those are the kind of the three main things. If you can just shut that personnel package down with the outside zones and the play actions, I think you can have a really good chance to beat them. What do you guys think about that? Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd agree with that assessment. I mean, you know. yeah, I think I think seeing how the Patriots defense does um, in terms of how their linebackers are able to linebackers and, and guys in the secondary are able to tackle uh, guys in open space is what it's going to come down to. I feel like the Patriots secondary has been playing pretty well. Uh, they're good in man to man. They've been doing that fairly well uh, through the playoffs and toward the end of the season. They've been able to get pressure uh, at the line, but it's just a matter of kind of – I think we saw this in last year's Super Bowl, really coming down to fundamentals and, and finishing off the play and not letting a play go on longer than it needs to. Um, and that's going to come down to how well Kyle Van Noy and Dante Hightower and Elan Roberts uh, play their game because I, I know that – Stefan Gilmore, all pro, all pro cornerback. He's going to be playing pretty well. Um, Trey Flowers, inside pressure. He's going to be able to get that. But it's it's when guys like Cooks and Gurley and um, you know um, Woods kind of have the ball in open space. Are you going to be able to make tackles and stop them from getting extra yards? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree to that as well. I just want to ask, what do you guys think about? Um... We don't know if Gurley's 100%. We don't know if he's going to see a lot of the ball, if it's going to be kind of split between him and CJ Anderson. Do you think it helps the Patriots more if CJ handles the ball more or if Gurley handles the ball more? What do you guys think? For me, it's undoubtedly CJ Anderson. I would love to see CJ Anderson run the ball 30 times, 30 times in this game. Um, I mean, obviously, if they run it that much, that means they're probably ahead. But just bear with me. I think C.J. Anderson is obvious what he's going to do. He's a slow guy. He's going to take one cut in the hole, and he's going to hit it and hope for the best. So all, all the Patriots really have to do is say, okay, he's making a cut. He's slow. Just run up, hit that hole, hit him, and just take him down and gang tackle him. That's all you got to do. With Gurley, it becomes a little more tricky because he has more ability you know, to juke people out, to make people miss, 
to run through contact. I, like, even though Anderson's a big guy, I think Gurley is still better at running through contact because he's more explosive, and I think he can yeah. also make more people miss. So I definitely would love to see Anderson in the backfield. Yeah. Now, asking because uh, Anderson's been playing really well the last couple of games. He's really stepped up for the Rams. Yeah. Yeah. No. Go ahead. I, I, I agree with that, Ronak. I think um, the talent that the Patriots have on the defensive end is good enough to, like you said, gang tackle a guy like CJ Anderson. He's a little bit slower. He's a little bit bigger. And we can, or the Patriots can, can stop that. Uh, but when a guy like Gurley has the ball, it's just a lot harder with his athleticism and his speed and his uh, agility and quickness on his feet. And, you know, he, he did look uh, injured a little bit in the playoffs, but uh, he's had two weeks to to recover whatever injury he's going through. So I think that gives him a pretty good chance. Obviously, we don't know the severity of it, but that gives him a pretty good chance of coming in uh, much healthier than he came in the previous two games. So. Um, Obviously, like Vinda said, something to watch for, but I, I can, I think that Gurley will be good to go coming into this game. Yeah, I mean, another big thing, you know, obviously you want to stop that outside zone on the Rams if you're the Patriots defense. So it really matters who the running back is, um, you know, stopping the run and all that. But I'm also really interested to see how the Patriots are going to line up against the receivers because the Rams really like to bunch their receivers together to kind of beat man coverage and the Patriots predominantly play a man coverage. So how do you see that shaking out, Abijay? I want to hear your opinion on it. Actually, I wanted to give an opinion on the running back situation. Oh, sure. Yeah. Chime in on that first. Personally, I don't think it matters. CJ Anderson or Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley in the Saints game was an absolute liability. He could not catch a pass. He was ineffective in the run game. But you saw CJ Anderson. What has this guy been doing the entire season? That's right. He's been sitting on the bench fresh, coming into the postseason against tired veteran players. So, I mean, I think he gives a great boost to the offense. And actually, he gives a more physical aspect to the offense, in my opinion. That's why on the goal line, he was able to run through the number one ranked rush defense in the Saints. And he ran through them for a couple of touchdowns. So, I, I think that's, I don't think it really matters in the long run. It It's going to be more about, in my opinion, about how Jared Goff does if he's faced with pressure and his decision making in in a big game. I that I think that's going to be more of a factor than than what the running backs do. But that's just my personal opinion. Yeah, I think obviously, like if anyone who's facing the Rams, I think your primary focus is to get them out of the running game and the easy play action game and see what Jared Goff has. Um, Jared Goff this year, I think, was dead last. Uh, exactly. Yeah, he's. He's missed 24 total deep passes, which had a greater than equal to 50% shot at being completed. And that's the worst in the NFL. Wow. So, you know, you think, oh, wow, Brandon Cooks, you know, wow, the Rams are like a super good deep passing team. But they're actually, uh, they've been hurt by Jared Goff's ability to not throw the deep pass very well this mm-hmm. season. And that's definitely something that will come into play, Abijay, especially if he's under pressure. Absolutely. With that being said, though, wouldn't you say, Ronak, that Goff has played pretty well in the two playoff games and and his performance coming into the Super Bowl, regardless of how he played in the regular season, has been much, much better? Uh, You know, I would actually, uh, one important thing that I would say, Ibrahim, is that I would actually uh, disagree. And this is the reason. Uh, In the postseason, Jared Goff is only completing 58% of his passes. He completed 64% in the regular season. And he only has 241 yards per game, and I believe he was up to 290 
per game in the regular season. And, okay. uh, and his first down pass percentage is uh, about, like every pass that he throws, about a third of them go for first downs, which I don't believe is a very good rate, but I'd have to look that up again. But so I think Jared Goff has actually not been playing as well as some people think. I know he was very clutch. He played a great like fourth quarter in overtime in the, uh, in the game last week. And I think that kind of overshadows how he hasn't been playing well overall in this postseason. I think it's important to note that Jared Goff has looked a bit lost in this postseason without without the guidance of Sean McVay. I mean, of course, he's he's still a young quarterback, and it's his only second year in the in the playoffs, essentially. But you know, you have to wonder about. I mean, Jared Goff's mental fortitude in these these high these clutch moments. Like, can he step up to the plate and? drive the ball down the field if they're down four with the minute minute and a half left so i think he did a good job of that I, last game though he did do a good good job of that last game but the the rams were also lucky to win that game if if we're being honest so it's i mean he, he did try he admittedly he did get the job done at the end but a lot of that game was in the first half was the saints kicking field goals when they should have been scoring touchdowns yeah i agree they missed a lot of opportunities yeah but so he got he got kind of bailed out by that but you know it's a super bowl he's here so we'll see how it plays out yeah agreed so i want to get to all of our picks uh for the winner and against the spread so arvinda do you want to kick us off kick us off talk a little bit about who you think is gonna win man so i know we got a lot of patriots fans in here uh, just me and Ebo, so you know, only fifty <laughs> percent. Only half of us, man. Only, only half. <laughs> uh, I'm looking at this as a neutral, but I think I'm still have to go with the Patriots, only because I mean we're talking about a dynasty here. They've been here so many times. The the experience they have is is far more than what the Rams have. Um, just if we look at Tom Brady alone, uh, going into this season, he, you know, it's kind of amazing to say this, but he was going in with a chip on his shoulder. You can see all his Instagram posts about him saying we're still here. I really think he's he's got something to prove in this Super Bowl. Um, and then if we go past Tom Brady and we go to the coaching, Bill Belichick against Sean McVay, I, I think that's also another matchup for yeah, in this game. Belichick has really played uh, 10 times as many playoff games, has, has coached in 10 times as many playoff games as Sean McVay has, both as head coaches. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think Sean McVay is a great coach. Um, like nothing against him, but Bill Belichick has been here many times, and I think he's going to have a, a something against. Well, how do I word this? He's been here before. He's going to know what to do. There's going to be key situations on fourth down. Are they going to go for it? Or are they not going to go for it? I think that's definitely going to help. Um, and I think another thing is also the crowd noise. I know you guys might not think they might not play a factor, but. The Rams just moved from St. Louis to L.A. I don't know how big their fan base is and how how they're going to travel from all the way from L.A. to Atlanta. I think the Patriots fan base, they're always there. I think it's going to play a factor for me. Wow, so you think the crowd will be favored for the Patriots? That's interesting. That's a hot take, yeah. man. Almost. I think, I think the Rams might have more celebrities, but in terms of uh, the everyday fan going in there to actually make noise, I think the Patriots have upper hand there. Okay, well, fair point, I guess. I will say though a lot you know most teams most people hate the Patriots they don't like the dynasty and winning and stuff so the, the neutrals might also be going against them but we'll see how the crowd noise plays out yeah it'll be interesting yeah so your pick to win is the Patriots then Arvinda yeah I'm gonna go with the Patriots uh what do you think the score is gonna be I think 
I'll go Patriots 30, Rams 27. Okay, so you have the Patriots barely covering the spread then. Yeah. Two and a half point. I think it's going to be a close game. Cool, cool. Abhijay, uh, how about you, man? Who do you think is going to win? So for me, when I look at my power ratings, like throughout the season, I mean, I mean, you, even if you don't look at my power ratings, you look at like a f- football outsider's overall team efficiency for the season, Kansas City number one, the Rams at number two, and you go all the way down to number seven, you see New England. I mean, just by power ratings number alone, the fact that I'm getting two and a half, or I could even get a three on the Rams, is is a, I, I in my opinion about as good as a wager as you can make on this game. So for me, it would be the Rams plus the three, and Rams money line. The taste of that. Um, I mean, in terms of like how I think the play the game's going to play out. I mean, I think the game's going to start off slow. Both teams are going to feel each other out. It's going to be a low scoring first half. Um, probably the 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 Rams leading by a little bit in the first half, and in the second half. I think I think the Rams open it up and they get some stops on the Patriots and Brady will will go will have a chance at the end for a game winning drive, but I think he he probably falls just short. Um in in terms of in terms of over under, I don't really have a strong opinion. It's like fifty six. It could close fifty seven by kickoff. Um well, it's gone down half a point since it, it got released, I think. Yeah, yeah. It's, there's been money in the under. Um, I don't really have a strong opinion, but I wouldn't disagree with the under because both these teams have, have shown a, pretty, like a, a willingness to, to be a run-first offense and go off the play action. Um, so, yeah, I mean, for me, if, I, if I'm just looking at, at the value and, and – where my power ratings say these two teams should be on a neutral field. I mean, I think this this line was correct initially. It was it was Rams minus one, and I'm I'm probably going to go with that. Stick to the original odds. I feel that I I got to stick to my power ratings, man. <laughs> wow, so Rams straight up and Rams against the spread. Yeah. So that's, yeah. that's what I, that's where I'm going with this. Me and Ebo are hoping you have a very unhappy day on Sunday. Right now. I hope you lose your life savings. Uh, yeah, I'm just kidding. <laughs> hey, Absolutely. there wouldn't be a, there wouldn't be a sports betting market marketplace without differing opinions. So no, hey, that's hundred percent that. true, man. I think the Rams definitely have the more talented team on paper. So as far as your power ratings go, I yeah. agree with that. Uh, what do no, you think? Don't, don't give me. Oh yeah, I was gonna say. Oh just, yeah, go ahead, man. Don't get, don't get me wrong. Like, it's not it's not the strongest play. Like, I mean, if this was a regular season game. I'd probably not feel as great about it, but I've had two weeks to think about it. I've had time to crunch the number and, you know, I hate going against the Brady Belichick machine, but, you know, I think this is the year where they're, the talent is just too much for the game plan. No, that's fair. That's definitely a fair point. So what do you think, Ibrahim? I mean, you're, Everyone already knows who me and Ibrahim are going to pick is going to be the Patriots, but I just want to hear a little about what do you think about the game, man? And, right, yeah, yeah. Um, because because my pick is the Patriots, and that's pretty obvious. I just wanted to touch on a couple things uh, to note for this game. The first is, and Vinda touched on this a little bit, uh, is about the Patriots and Tom Brady specifically having a chip on their shoulder. I know people think that's kind of a ridiculous notion, seeing as they've made the Super Bowl three years in a row now and they have all the success, but... The reality is, 
uh, going into the playoffs, many analysts and many people who follow the game and discuss the game uh, weren't very high on the Patriots. That's that's the reality, right? People predicted that they would lose against the Chargers. People predicted that they would lose against the Chiefs. Uh, throughout the season, uh, they didn't have the best season. So um, Tom Brady and the team having a chip on their shoulder and really having something to prove, I think, uh, does mean a little bit of something going into this game. And uh, obviously, from a coaching perspective, with Bill Belichick at the top, Josh McDaniels, Brian Flores, uh, Dante Skarnakia, I think the Patriots have a clear advantage uh, from a game planning and coaching point of view. And so, uh, like you said, Abijay and Ronak, about how the Rams are a much more talented team, that's true. They're a much more talented team, but I think the Patriots in the past have shown that they can beat talented teams with uh, better coaching and better execution. That's pretty much been their MO for 17, 18 years now. Um, last year against one of the top defenses in the league, Tom Brady threw for 500 yards in the Super Bowl. Uh, a couple of years before that against Seattle, uh, their legion of boom defense, he threw for 330 yards, four touchdowns and led a 10 point comeback in the fourth quarter. So I, I think, the fact that the Rams have talent and they're a really good defense and all that, when it comes down to it in the Super Bowl, Tom Brady's performance is um, it's unreal. It's really unreal. I mean, he's, he's had half a season worth of Super Bowl appearances and his numbers uh, in the biggest game of the year against the best teams are MVP-like numbers. Uh, so obviously, like I said, my, my pick is the Patriots. Um, I think they come out kind of slow as we've alluded to many times in this podcast uh running the ball trying to get that going but once it opens up in the second half and once Brady gets a chance to to really read the defense and and make some of the throws that he's used to making um I I I just see him picking apart the Rams defense I really do I I think he's gonna have a great game and I think um the fourth quarter it, it it will be close to some extent, but I think the Patriots are going to be in control uh, in the second half of this game. Yeah, I mean, uh, I guess save the best for last with mine. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you already know who I'm taking. I'm taking the Patriots. Um, I, I think the two things that I want to look at the most, number one, uh, special teams. Uh, special teams is something that, you know, no one really talks about. Everyone wants to talk about offense and defense. You know, the old adage, special teams is like the third phase of the game, blah, blah, blah. Uh, special teams is very important. The Patriots have always been very well coordinated uh, when it comes to special teams. And I think that the hidden yardage aspect of the game where, you know, you have punt returns, kick returns, um, you know, muffed punts, like bad punt returns, bad kick returns. When it comes to that part of the game, the Patriots almost never falter. They don't have any bad moments. Uh, they did a great job last week uh, against the Chiefs, or sorry, two weeks ago against the Chiefs. Um, I don't think the Chiefs had any big punt returns. They had that one Edelman near fumble, but um, I'm sure Belichick talked to Edelman about that and it won't happen again. So I think special teams is one big thing. And I think the Patriots also have a really underrated secondary. Uh, I think they're going to put Stephon Gilmore on Robert Woods, and he's going to get taken out of the game. Brandon Cooks, um, I talk about this a lot, but I think he's really a one-trick pony. He's beating you on the routes that he's telling you that I'm going deep, I'm going to beat you. And as soon as you turn your hips, that's when he makes a break. But I think the Patriots are going to have some kind of bracket coverage going on as they do against any fast receiver. So he'll also get taken out of the game. And that kind of leaves uh, the Rams in an unfortunate spot because they did lose Cooper Cup, 
who had the potential to be an X-Factor in this game. They lost him for the year earlier uh, in the season, and they don't really have anyone else now. They have like the tight ends and stuff to try to take advantage of a mismatch, but Cooper Cup is really one of a kind. I think he's the most talented receiver on this Rams team, and missing him is going to hurt. And I also think that the Patriots have come a long way since the regular season when they were allowing uh, teams to kind of run all over them. So I think that the Patriots, if they can, if they can prevent the Rams from staying on time with just running the ball, and they can stop the quick pressure to Tom Brady, they'll be able to win this game. Do you guys agree with me, or what do you guys think? I left something out. No, I think you, I think you made some good points. Uh, I'll just remember Brandon Cooks used to play on the Patriots. I think it's gonna give him an edge. They know his game. They know what he's good at. They know what he's not. I think it's gonna be a factor and another thing to touch up on is the uh, special teams I can definitely see the Rams making mistakes whether that be flags that hurt them and I can't see the Patriots they're just a better coach team they have a lot less personality uh, players with personality so I can see the Rams making especially Marcus Peter giving up calls or um, flags that ultimately hurt the team yeah intangibles I feel you and one more thing that I wanted to say is that the Rams always run those like fake special teams plays and they try to get all creative. And you can tell a team isn't coached very well on special teams. This is one thing I'm very critical of on the Saints. How can you let that happen? There's one thing you talk about as a special teams coach when you're facing the Rams. Do not let the damn punter throw the ball for a first down. And they get <laughs> NED through it for a first down. That's incompetent special teams coaching. And I guarantee you that Johnny Hecker is not throwing for a first down on the Patriots. He is not. There's no way. But Belichick will not let that happen. He has everyone in the assignments. They're not going to come after punts because they know that it leaves them vulnerable. They're they're going to have a way to stop any of the Rams special teams take place. Yeah, I think um, kind of like you and Vinda are saying, one thing that the Patriots do very, very well is that they don't shoot themselves in the foot. Um, they don't make the mistakes that are going to cost them opportunities. You know, if you get beat because of game planning or just a great play, then that's just a reality. But one thing that they generally do not do is make fatal boneheaded mistakes that uh, cost them big plays, especially in the postseason, especially in the Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, I think all of us, uh, well, me, Ibrahim, and Arvinda are in agreement that, you know, the Patriots are just kind of a better coach team. Uh, what do you have to say to that, Abhijay? Because I know Sean McVay is one of the up-and-coming coaches, and we're not doing him a lot of justice. So I, I would like to offer a rebuttal to what Ibrahim said before I get into that. Sure, um, go ahead, man. You, you said that the, that the Patriots, or Tom Brady, picked apart the Legion of Boom in the fourth quarter. I just want to point out that Earl Thomas had a separated shoulder. Richard Sherman had a hyperextended elbow. Cliff Averill got uh, knocked out of the game. Just, just let's put an asterisk besides that because I mean, before that they they really weren't picking them apart. But I mean, it's injuries; it's part of the game. But yeah, but I wanted to get into um, Sean McVay versus Belichick. I mean, yes, Belichick has a lot more of Super Bowl experience and playoff experience. But I mean, let's not let's not forget like in the the Falcons Patriots game. Belichick got completely outcoached by Sean McVay's offense. That was Sean McVay's offense, and he absolutely tore apart that Patriots defense. And if it, if he basically if he had if now to be fair, he did completely muck up the game by by calling some boneheaded plays. But he was a young coach. I I feel like the the gap between Brady and I mean not Brady the gap between Belichick and Sean McVay 
isn't as big as people want to think it is. So, you know, the the guy is an innovative innovative mind, and he has. I mean, he employs analytics. He he knows. I mean, he's seen Belichick before, and he knows what to expect. So, I think it'll be. I think it'll be a great game, and I think I don't. I don't see the same coaching edge as I would normally see in the Super Bowl for the Patriots. Yeah, I mean, it's just one thing I saw with McVeigh. I think he had a few. Um, I know there was one specific decision that he made that didn't really jibe well with me. Was I think it was last week or the week before against the Cowboys where he had a fourth and goal from the one, and he just chose to kick the field goal to tie the game. That was the Saints game. That was the Saints game, game, right? Yeah. Yeah. So he just kicked the field goal to tie it up. He actually ran the ball on fourth down and one against the Cowboys. He did that there, but he didn't do it against the Saints with it. To be fair, I mean, I I also question that decision a lot, but you know. And and to your point, Abijai, you know, Bill Belichick for all his success, he's he's not infallible. He doesn't, you know, he makes mistakes. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I think he made some mistakes in last year's Super Bowl uh, as well. So it's it's definitely possible that Belichick makes mistakes again or Sean McVay outcoaches him. But with that being said, I think the experience of having coached in, I don't know, like 40, approximately 40 <laughs> playoff games. And this is now, you know, 11 or 12 Super Bowls he's been a part of as a coach. Maybe not just a head coach, but as a defensive coordinator in the past. Um, I, you know, he does make mistakes, but I think the vast majority of his decisions to a very, very high percentage uh, are good decisions that end up helping the team. Mm-hmm. And so I just have to side with the guy that has been there 9, 10, 11 times and has won it, you know, six or seven times, various times with, with amazing game plans. I totally agree. I, I, I'm, I, I would not fault anyone for giving the coaching edge to the Patriots and, and Belichick. But at the same time, I personally don't feel the same gap is there as it is as it has been in the past. Yeah, yeah. no, that's fair. Also, Sean I want to uh, clarify one thing that you said earlier, Abijay. You were talking about the uh, Sean McVay offense that Atlanta was running. So the yeah. coordinator was Kyle Shanahan, but you're right that the offense that they run is literally the same thing. The Kyle Shanahan McVay offense is the same thing originating from the Redskins and Jay Gruden. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're yeah. right. You're right. But um, Sorry, I, I got those guys mixed up. <laughs> yeah, no, but I see what you mean, though, because it's those same concepts that do give Belichick a lot of trouble. And a lot of it comes down to the fact that the Patriots are playing man-to-man and the uh, Rams are going to run a lot of bunt sets and a lot of man beaters. So that'll be a little interesting game within the game. Uh, like, who can kind of take the other team out of what they like to do? And I think one thing that, you know, as you guys said, that has given Belichick trouble in the past, but... Um, he is known to make really good adjustments. And I think that's one thing that maybe some coaches don't do quite as well as Belichick is understand what they need to change about their game plan halfway through the game and kind of having that backup uh, set of plays or backup, um, maybe not game plan, but sub game plan to kind of change it up and see, okay, this isn't working. We're getting beat with this. So what can we do to change that? And um, he's shown in the past that he's been able to do that pretty well, and if McVeigh can do that the same way, then then yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a close game, well coached game. Yeah, I think regardless um, of how it goes down, I think the first half and second half are gonna be two 
completely different games. There's going to be a lot of adjustments made at halftime. Um, I believe they get more uh, in terms of time. It's a longer halftime than other games because of the halftime show. So I can see it being a completely different game in the second half. Exactly. Yeah, I think I think Belichick in the past has talked about uh, preparing the team for that longer half because players aren't used to sitting around for an extra 20 minutes. So, uh, yeah, good point, Vinda. Yeah. Yeah. So sure. uh, before yeah, ahead, before Matt. we uh, wrap up here, I, I wanted to bring up one more prop bet, the, probably the most important prop bet. Sure. What color do you guys think the Gatorade's going to be? <laughs> uh, didn't Gurley already give it away? Nah, uh, he, he d- tweeted didn't it. Didn't say like, uh, it, like I frost know. or something like that? Ice frost? I don't even know what yeah. color that is. I don't know Gatorade. I don't drink that, man. <laughs> I think the favorite, the, color. the favorite I last checked was like plus 230 for clear. So yeah, yeah. Uh, take I your step that I, I have no opinion. <laughs> yeah, I think for me, I think it's gonna be uh the baby blue. Baby blue, yeah. <laughs> that's always that's always a safe safe one. I'm I going with orange. Yeah. I'm going with the yeah. original orange. Yeah, okay. That's I don't think that's gonna happen either. <laughs> if I had to bet against one, it'd be the original orange. <laughs> Blends in with the cooler. I guess I'll we'll go with red. <laughs> yeah. I don't even know the odds on it, but I'll yeah. go with red. Hey, but uh, really fast before we wrap up, Super Bowl MVP from each one of you. I want to hear one. Ooh, uh, for me, uh, I think I, if the Patriots win, they got to give it to Tom Brady. Um, uh, that's that's who I got. Yeah, Ibrahim? Yeah, if the Patriots win, it's going to be Tom Brady. Uh, if it's unfortunate and the Rams win, then I think it's going to go to Todd Gurley. Sure. Uh, Abhijay? So, I'll, in, in my opinion, if, if there's going to be a Super Bowl MVP, it's really going to come down to who you think is going to win. And yeah, so since I, I picked the Rams, yeah. so it's it's more than likely going to be Jared Goff. But I also think that if the game comes out a certain way or the, the game flows a certain way, I think it could be Aaron Donald. And actually, I personally have I personally have money on Aaron Donald at plus 2,000 to win in Super Bowl MVP. But that's just a long shot for, for you guys out there. Yeah, I mean, if the Rams do win, there's probably a high probability that Aaron Donald had a great game. I don't know if that's enough to win over an offensive player, but I, I still see where you're going with that, and I, and I appreciate the uh, it's a It's a long shot, so just... But you, you always want to give out one. Yeah, for sure, man. I mean, my... Uh, I kind of want to... If the Patriots win, I think it's going to be because of the interior of the offensive line. And I kind of wanted a, a stump for them because David Andrews, undrafted from Georgia, um, we drafted another guy from Florida State. The Patriots did. Um, that didn't work out. But Bill Belichick, genius as he is, got an undrafted center that year as well because we were thin at the interior line position. Uh, and that ended up being David Andrews. And I believe in the same draft, he also selected Shaq Mason in the fourth or fifth round and Joe Thune from... Um, NC State in the third round, and I think that those draft picks have really give the Patriots a chance to win this game because if we have a weak interior line, you're going to get eaten up by the Rams, but because of Belichick's uh, personnel decisions, we have an interior line that I think can go toe-to-toe with the St. Louis Rams, or sorry, Los Angeles Rams, what am I saying? Now? <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, that's just my opinion on that, so if MVP will undoubtedly be Brady if the Patriots win, but a huge shout-out has to go to Belichick in that interior line. And Dante Skarnakia for doing a great job coaching. The greatest O-line coach to ever coach football in the world. <laughs> Absolutely. No disagreement here. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you just look at the guy's body of work, it's incredible. 
But yeah, so, um, you know, wrapping up another episode. Thank you, everyone, for listening. I'd like to give a huge shout-out to Abhijay, Ibrahim, and Arvinda for spending their Friday night talking a little bit of football with me. And as always, I'd like to give a huge shout-out to our producer, Omkar Moge. And I'm your host, Ronak Modi. Thanks for tuning in, guys.